program. It was the Advanced Technology Bomber. And they, believe, they began the process of, of looking into and, and developing and, and uh, R&D, I guess you could say, uh, things that had to do with a stealth program. And Northrop, there is Northrop Grumman now, was chosen over uh, Lockheed, who is Lockheed Martin now. Northrop was chosen over Lockheed in October of 1981 to be the sole manufacturer of a certain military black program that they had. It had been, th- now think about this, 1979, then get really get started till 1981. Very, very few people knew about it. It was a black project. Uh, what ended up happening down in uh, Pico Rivero, California, they ended up buying the military, bought a Ford plant. They took it over, and within this plant, they had some of the employees, from what I understand, they kept on, but they were plainclothes employees. There's no identifying marks on anybody. If any of the military uh, officials would come to this site, they came in plain clothes. They would never come in uniform. And, um, and, and, and the secrecy went on from there. I mean, when they, when they had to buy uh, products, when they had to, uh, when they had to, uh, uh, to, to buy components for this project, they set up shell companies, fake companies, that they would buy all of their components through so nobody knew that the government was, was a part of this program. This, this program was so secret that the Congress didn't know about it. It was so secret that, that the Government Accountability Office didn't know about it until the mid-1980s, right? The staff, staff was routinely subjected to polygraph tests to make sure that no information was going out of these facilities as to what was going on. I had a friend of mine who was a part of this project. I texted him last night just to verify a couple things. And even to this day, he ended it by saying, this is all I can say, which is really astounding today. He's old school because now you got military guys blabbing all sorts of secrets all over books and movies, never brought up on trial. They should be brought up on trial. But anyway, they're spouting all sorts of things. And uh, it's interesting to get, have... Uh, family to have the background to some of these guys. This guy running around saying he shot uh, Bin Laden. Anyway, there's a lot more to that. So, and uh, he should be probably court-martialed for giving up stuff. But anyway, so this black program, I see, I sidetracked, stop it. Okay, this black program. So I asked my friend, I said, I said, do you remember this? And you told me this, this, and this about it. Am I accurate? And he said, well, here's what happened. We were shown a photograph of this project. We had to sign all sorts of documentations of secrecy, and we spent two years working on this program to learn the system. Nobody knew about it. Very, very select people knew about this secretive mystery until 1988. There in California, November 22nd, uh, that U.S. force uh, base in Palmdale, California, they revealed, some of you know what it is, they revealed the B-2, the stealth bomber. And uh, it was a black program. Think about this, 1979, it started, 1988. Nine years, a very select group of people knew about this project. We all know about it now. The project was a mystery to the majority of the United States. It was a mystery to the world, except for a couple people out of that group that were tried for uh, trying to sell uh, information to the Chinese and others and the Russians. They, They went to jail for a long time. They should have. But it was a mystery to the majority of the world, majority of the United States of America. It was a mystery because it was important, 
right? This was a big deal. It was a mystery because of the power of what they were creating. To this day, the stealth is still the most feared bomber in the world. And actually, I believe it's Boeing or maybe it's Grumman uh, that's still uh, uh, Northrop Grumman that is working on uh, the sequel to the stealth. It's another one coming out soon. And, uh, but, and that's not inside knowledge, so I didn't give away anything. It's out there, okay? And, uh, but it was a mystery. It's a mystery because of our enemies. Didn't want them to know. Didn't want them to prepare for it. Didn't want them to steal stuff. Didn't want balloons flying over, collecting information, right, of these things. And I want to talk to you today about mysteries. I want to talk to you today about mysteries, not the mystery of the black program that developed the B-2 stealth. That's pretty cool. And that might be interesting uh, if I knew enough about that. But I want to talk to you about a mystery that Paul speaks of here in Ephesians chapter 3. Now, if you notice in our text here, Brother Jim read this for us this morning. And if you notice as we begin, Paul says, for this cause. And what was he speaking of in verse 1? Well, he's speaking of verses, really, verses 19 through 22 of chapter 2. Okay, he's speaking of this and about the built upon the foundation of the apostles and prophets, Jesus Christ himself being the chief cornerstone in whom all the building fitly framed together groweth unto an holy temple in the Lord in whom ye also are builded together for an habitation of God through the spirit. Boy, that's a mouthful, huh? And he goes on to say, for this cause, I, Paul, the prisoner of Jesus Christ for you Gentiles. If you have heard of the dispensation of the grace of God, which has given me to you word, how that by revelation he made known unto me the mystery. And you see, number one here, this mystery was only known by God. Only God knew this mystery. You talk about a, a, an important program. Only God knew this mystery. Uh, nobody else knew what was going on with this mystery. That black program for the B2, as it was known, it was known for by very, very, very few people. Even more so, this Bible mystery was only known by God. Here's Paul, a prisoner of the Lord Jesus Christ, he says. He was given the dispensation of grace, that were dispensation, oikonomia, house rule. He was given the stewardship over something that God wanted him to be in charge of. Paul was being made a steward of this mystery. And we see here also in our verse that it was a mystery that was made known by revelation. Now, there are two types of revelation. Some of you students, you know this, right? There is natural revelation. Psalm 19:1. the heavens declare the glory of God. The firmament showeth forth his handiwork. There's a natural revelation. We look at creation. We look at the stars. We look at the things around us and we, we know and, and everybody knows that there is a God and there is a creator. There is natural revelation in creation. There is natural revelation in our conscience, right? We know there's wrong. I'm telling you, you're not going to go to a society on the planet where somebody somewhere, uh, listen, doesn't like it when their family member's murdered. They don't, people don't like when they're, okay, let's do this. People don't like it when their stuff's stolen. I don't care what culture you're in. I don't care what society you're in. I don't care how remote you are. I don't care how, how, uh, how barbarian or barbaric you are. People just don't like their stuff taken, right? Where did that come from? 
Well, well, there's a moral law somewhere, right? And in order to have a moral law, you've got to have a moral law giver. And, and not only than that, we have a conscience, right? This is natural revelation. We understand good and evil and bad and all of these things. And it, that is natural revelation. But there's also special revelation, revelation that comes from God. We know in 1 Peter 1.21, the Bible says this, For the prophecy came not in old time by the will of man, but holy men of God spake as they were moved by the Holy Ghost. What is that? That's special revelation. This is our Bible. We have special revelation. It is inspired. And not only that, it is the inspired word of God. It is preserved. I said this a few weeks ago. What is preservation without inspiration? What is inspiration without preservation? They both fall apart, it seems to me. I could be wrong. Somebody smarter might tell me differently. But uh, we have the inspired revelation of God preserved for us in a King James Bible. I'm thankful for that. And we have it today. So we see this mystery here, the mystery that Paul is speaking of. It is, it is a pretty important thing. It came down by revelation. It came down by revelation from God. Why? Because he is the only one who knew about it. Hmm. Let me ask you something. Would you agree with me this morning that God... What God, what only God has known. Would you agree with me this morning? Let me say it this way. If there is something that only God knows, that it's pretty important. Could we agree on that? Would you do this? Could you say amen? Amen. If you agree. (laughs) This is is a participation sport, right? We're a body. It's not a spectator sport. You 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 know when you eat, when you eat something good, your whole body enjoys it. And in, in, in your stomach says, yeah, and your tongue says, yeah, and your mouth says, yeah. yeah. Your flesh is like, give me more candy, right? The whole body responds. You need to, re- it's good to respond. It's okay. It's okay. Thank you. Jim, Jim's with me. Yeah. Pretty important mystery, isn't it? No, the B2 is pretty important mystery. Only a few people know about it. Here is a mystery that only God knows about, and it is God himself who is revealing it by special revelation to certain individuals revealed by God. You see, the, 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 the black program of the B2, you, you know, when it came out to the public, it didn't come out by the guy in the mailroom. Right? Hey, hey, did y'all hear about this new thing we're working on? This thing's awesome. Look at the pictures. I got pictures, you know. It didn't come down from the guy in the mess hall slopping food on the plate as they went down the line. Oh, yeah, we're supposed to let everybody know uh, there's a really cool program going on with a new plane. This thing, the radar doesn't even see it. It's awesome. And everybody's eating going, oh, that's great. Come on. Didn't come down like that. Why? It's pretty important. It was a pretty important deal. It was a pretty big mystery. It was revealed, listen, it was revealed by, by, by certain people, right? You see, when it was time to reveal the program, it came down from the top. Remember I said Congress didn't know about it? The Government Accountability Office, that needs to be a bigger office. They didn't know about it, right? They didn't know anything about it. 
Why? This was a devastating secret weapon that we were building and only a few at the top knew about it. Hey, listen to me today. When, when, when it was time for God to reveal the mystery that only he knew, not only was he the only one who knew it, but the revelation came from him alone. Look at this. How that by revelation he made known unto me the mystery. It's, pretty big, it's a pretty big deal, folks. This is a pretty big mystery. Pretty powerful mystery. Pretty important mystery that's going on here. It is such, it is a big, big deal. It was such a big deal that this mystery was only revealed to a select group. The only ones who knew about that B2 program were a very select group. Look at verses 3 through 5 in our text. How that by revelation he made known unto me the mystery, as I wrote afore in few words, whereby when you read you may understand my knowledge in the mystery of Christ, which in other ages was not made known unto the Son of Men, as it is now revealed unto his holy apostles and prophets by the Spirit. Now notice this mystery was not, made, was not made known to the son of men. It wasn't made known just to so and so. No, the angels came and, and, and they, they announced the birth of Jesus Christ to the shepherds. And, to the, and, and, that, and that, that, that announcement came just to some, some lowly people. But hey, this mystery wasn't announced to shepherds. This mystery wasn't brought just to the sons of men. This mystery wasn't announced to the Pharisees. This mystery wasn't made known to the Sadducees. This mystery wasn't revealed to the Roman government. This mystery wasn't even made known to the kings of Israel. Watch this. It was made known to Paul. It was only made known to the holy apostles. Peter spoke about it in Acts chapter 11. Isaiah wrote about it when he talked, just some of his prophets wrote about it in Isaiah chapter 49 and verse 6. The information came down from the Holy Spirit of God directly. What am I saying? This mystery this mystery, it's a pretty big deal, man. It's a big deal. It's an important thing. Something has been kept, kept from, from, from us for ages. We see here in our text, finally, the mystery is revealed. He said, I already know what it is. I've been waiting for this for 15 minutes, man. What is the mystery? What was Isaiah speaking of in Isaiah 49 and verse 6? Not Jesus. He prophesied Jesus in Isaiah 53. The mystery wasn't that the Gentiles would have a, a part of uh, the, the role that we're playing in the kingdom of God. That was already spoken about all the way back to Abraham. What was revealed to Peter? What was revealed to Paul? What was Paul given to be a steward over? Look at verse 5. When in other ages was not made known unto the sons of men, and is now revealed unto his holy apostles and prophets by the Spirit. Look at verse 6. That the Gentiles should be fellow heirs. Look at this. Hold on. And of the same body and partakers of his promise in Christ by the gospel. What's the mystery? What is the body of Christ? Not all of saved humanity. No, that's not the body. What's the body, folks? The church. 
Amen. This was, this was the mystery uh, throughout all of, the, all of, all of time. It, it was a mystery. It's, it was the church, Colossians 1.18. The Bible says that he is the head. Jesus is the head of the body, comma, the church. Right? The church. The body is speaking of the church. It was God's idea. This is, I'm, I'm talking about something that's a big deal. It was a mystery. It was a big deal. It was God's idea. It was in the mind of God. It was prepared for by God. It was started by God. Are you going to make me go back and reveal all of the history all over again? My wife says, don't do it, please. Now I've got to. Now I've got to. Right? John's, what was John's job? Hey, wasn't John, he, his job was what, to prepare a people for the Messiah, right? What was he doing? He was preaching repentance, preparing them for the Messiah. He was baptizing them. John was the only one who had the authority from, from heaven to baptize. Even Jesus himself came down and said, hey, we must, we, we, we must fulfill all righteousness. You're going to baptize me. And Jesus was baptized of John as well. Why? Because he had the authority to baptize those who came repenting, they, those who came turning from what they were trusting in to, to, and, and, and turning to trust into the, the, the Messiah that was at hand, they were baptized. They were baptized. When Jesus came, Jesus began what? Calling out his church. I was in a meeting up in Davenport, Iowa, and one of the subjects was the ecclesia. When did the church begin? Was it Pentecost or was it, was it before that? Well, it's a called out assembly. When did Jesus start calling them out? It was way before Pentecost, friend. Absolutely. Thank you. They, listen, Jesus started his church with a baptized, regenerate church membership. They had already repented under John. They had already been baptized under the baptism that had authority from heaven. He started his church well, well before Pentecost. It was empowered there, but it was started by Jesus Christ himself. Jesus gives us three metaphors of the, of the church, a body, a building, and a bride. All local, all visible. They all have a purpose. Yeah. Why is this such a big deal? Well, because it's a big deal to God. No, you, are you hearing what I'm saying this morning? The church, I know what the world is doing. I know, I, know what, I know what culture is doing. I know what Christendom is doing and religion is doing. And they are minimizing the church. But listen to God this morning. The church is a really big deal. It was a mystery that was hit. Amen? Are we good with that? Hey, thank you. Oh, my gosh. I almost had to start over. It was a big deal. The church. The church of the Lord Jesus Christ. No, not the kingdom. Not where all of the saved, not, not what all the saved become a part of when they put their faith and trust in Christ. Not the kingdom, the church. That vehicle, as we see, saw in Romans, in Romans, that, uh, that 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 vehicle that God put put aside, Israel put aside, and brought forth this mystery. That watch, that was always on the mind of God. This was not an a, after uh, afterthought. Listen, the God who knows all things can never have an afterthought. It was already in the plans of God that this age of grace, this Gentile, this Gentile, uh, uh, that the Gentiles would be a, a, a part of the vehicle that takes the gospel through all the world. This body made up of not just Gentiles only, but Jews and Gentiles. Hey, all look at look what our t- text says here, uh, right here. Um, 
in verse 6 that the Gentiles should be fellow heirs, fellow heirs and of the same body and partakers of his promise in the gospel by the, uh, in Christ by the gospel. Fellow heirs and of the same body. Jew and Gentile, right? The church. It's a big deal. It's a big deal. Man, I'm going to be done here pretty soon. Aren't you excited about that? It wasn't an afterthought, friend. It was in the plan of God. This church. Gentiles weren't added later, right? Gentiles could always be saved. Salvation has never changed from the Old Testament to the New Testament. It's always been obedience to the voice of God. It has always been the same. Gentiles got saved. We know that. But this church, it was in the plan of God to reach the world with the gospel of Jesus Christ. And it was the church. It was the church that was given the Great Commission. It was the church that was given uh, the, the responsibility to administer the Lord's Supper. It was church that was given the authority to baptize. That first authority was given to John. Remember that? It was from heaven. John had the authority to baptize. But after John, the Bible says in Matthew 28, Jesus said, all power, all authority now is given unto me. In heaven and earth, what did he say? Go ye therefore and teach all nations and uh, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even unto the end of the world. Now Jesus has the authority now. And, and what, did, what did he tell his church? What did he give us the authority to do? Baptize. See, if the authority stayed with a man, every time a man died, a new one's got to come up. Well, that's silly. Listen, saints, listen. There's no organism. There is no organism. The church is an organism. There is no organism on this planet more important than the church of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen? There is none. There is no mission on planet earth more important than the mission of the church. There are no consequences more final than the consequences of the church neglecting its mission. Amen. None. Pretty big deal, isn't it? It is. Yeah. God kept it a mystery. He revealed it. It's a big deal. See, that's why it's so bothersome to me when people take church so casually. We're living in that day, are we not? Yeah, we are. Giving is casual. The labor is casual. The attitude is casual. Some people, uh, my goodness, in some places, you, you see the pictures, you see the videos, and sadly, it, it looks like the rest of culture. They roll out of bed. They put, barely put slippers on. They drag into church. They got their coffee. They're sitting there slurping away. And hey, listen, friend, I, I am happy for everybody that will come in and sit under the gospel. Praise the Lord for that. But there are some that as you mature out of, that, out of the immature life that you started with Christ, as you mature, you'd think you'd grow up a little bit and not be stuck for the little kids and everybody and the iron was done, the shop polishing was, was done, and if you were Southern Baptist, you went through your quarterly and got ready for next uh, for the next Sunday morning and all of these things. It was a preparation day. You the ladies were cooking food and getting ready to put aside for Sunday. I'm telling you, preparation today is casual for coming into the house of God. 
preparation for church is a casual thing today. It absolutely is. How many prayed? I know I'm so thankful for the men that came out yesterday morning and we prayed for the services today. My wife and I last night prayed for the services today before we went to bed and, and prayed for specifically uh, for some things that God gave us today and we're thankful for that. And uh, how many prayed for the services today? Preparation. Yeah, preparation. How many asked God to bring the lost in today? Talking about preparation. No, this is an important thing here. This is a pretty big thing going on. The world isn't going to hear, hear the saving gospel of Jesus Christ out there unless we're giving it to them. And even fewer of that's doing that. Amen, right? Yeah. How many ask God to bring in the lost today, whether it's in the person or whether it's online? We have so many avenues. Paul said, by all means. Remember that in the Corinthians, by all means. I'll tell you what, we have all sorts of means now to get the gospel out. How many ask God to begin to turn your mind toward the events of the day? That's why I think it's so important to stop. I don't want it to become so much of a habit. We've been doing it for as long as I've been pastor here going on a few months. How long has it been? Don't say what it feels like. <laughs> Six years, seven years. I don't know where we're at right now. Yeah. We've taken, that's why I think it's so important before the services. We take that time before the preaching just to set aside and pray just for a minute or two and ask God just to get our, get our mind and heart engaged and in gear. Why? It's an important thing going on here. We're preaching the word of the living God. This isn't a casual thing. Yeah. Yeah. It's the Lord's day. D-A-Y, not the Lord's hour. Boy, that's changed, amen. Yeah. I know, we're, I, I know. There's some people, they, they work and they hate it. I get that, yeah. May God help us to those that have the opportunity to make the whole day the Lord's day and we just don't do it. I'm talking about being casual about something that God has set out is so vitally important. The mystery, that mystery, the power, the ability, the purpose of the church. Yeah. Church, this is why we're moving forward. This is why we're spending all this money. That people say, well, why, why would you do that? This is why we're doing over here when people say, well, you got a nice place. Why don't you just stay here? Well, I don't know, maybe. Maybe God's not the one talking to you about this place. Right? Maybe if you went to this place, he might tell you. Right? Anyway. That's why we're moving forward. Yeah. The church is, this church is where it is today because the people in the past moved forward. They took it serious. There was a day, they took it serious. Do you realize in 1980, there's about, there about 2,800 people or so in Nixa? And this church, under a different name, ran consistently over, you know, over 100 people and had high days of 130 in a town of 2,800. That's a pretty, pretty big deal, friend. Yeah. What do we have in 2022? 25,000? That's why we're moving forward. Somewhere, somewhere, somewhere along the line, somebody rested. People rested, and we need to move forward. We need to go forward. Absolutely, we do. Yeah. 
Do you know Brother Cobb was ordained out of Calvary Baptist Church here in Nixa? Sent out? Yep. Found the, found, the, found the ordination. I went, I didn't know that. Warren Cobb was out of this church. I had no idea. Yep. Thank the Lord for that. See, we've decided that church is important enough to expend the time, to expend the energy, to expend the money. Well, that's kind of the definition of worship, isn't it? Time, energy, money. <coughs> A worship, active worship. Isn't that good? We've decided that it's important enough to move forward and use all means necessary to reach Nixa with the gospel. You see, friend, it's a very dangerous thing to minimize what God maximizes. The church isn't about what you feel. The church isn't revolve around you or me, Right? The, the church isn't about uh, how, how you decide to do church. It's, uh, it's way bigger than that, friend. You can do that with Walmart, right? And you can, you can do that with your, uh, with your gym membership, okay? Right? But as a child of God, the church is a lot bigger than that. Just to handle it however you feel fit to handle it. May God help us this morning. And remind us this morning that we don't want to fall into the trap of minimizing the church. Yeah. It's too, it, listen, it's too big to bring smoke and lights in here. It's too big to bring in all the, the worldly music. It's too important, watch, it's too important to weaken it with the world. Yeah. So let me ask you this. How's your attitude to your church? How's your preparation for the church? How's your labor in the church? Some say, well, I'm, I'm, I'm beyond physically what I can do. My goodness, friend, you have access to the throne of God 24 hours a day. There's not a greater labor than that. And when Paul said we labor in prayer, it is a labor. Wear you out sometimes, doesn't it? It's a fight of the flesh. You ever, you ever determined to pray and you, boy, it's like everything in the world comes up. Yeah. It's, it's a labor. You've got to fight. How's your giving? How's your participation? Yeah. Are you in a church? Are you, are, are you a, I, pretty much I think most everybody in here is a member of a body. If you're not, don't minimize it. You need to be a member of a body. There's, it is foreign in the New Testament, anybody who is saved and then not a, not a member of a body. That's like, that's like a foot just hanging out in the parking lot on its own, just doing its own thing. You stand out there long enough, man, you're going to die. And you'll never accomplish anything. Let me finish with this. Before you are in the church, though, you need to be in Christ. Church doesn't save you. No, Catholics are lying to you. It doesn't save you. It can't save you. Baptism doesn't save you. The Campbellites are lying to you. The Church of Christ is lying to you. The Catholics who baptize as well are lying to you. Some of the Pentecostals and Oneness Pentecostals are lying to you. Baptism doesn't save. 
It's the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. What a, what, what a slap in the face to the blood of Christ to say that water would wash away sin. What can wash away my sin? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Are you in Christ this morning? The blood of Jesus is the only cleansing agent for sin. You need to come to Jesus today if you're not. And when you come to him, then, then, then you need to be in the church. In one of his churches. Oh boy, that's a whole other message. Yeah. You need to be in a church that has the same identifying marks as the church that Jesus started. And let me tell you something, Jesus wasn't baptizing babies. No, sir. No, ma'am. He wasn't baptizing babies. Uh-uh. Jesus wasn't walking through the crowds picking and choosing who will be saved and who won't be saved. He said he has no pleasure of the death of the wicked. He said, uh, whosoever will may come. Yeah. No, the church that Jesus started didn't preach that. He didn't, he didn't preach uh, the picking and choosing. He didn't, he didn't preach that at all. He wasn't baptizing babies. You can start crossing them off the list, friend. It was a mystery. It was a mystery. It was such a mystery and it was such a powerful thing. It was such an important thing. It had such a, the, the gravity of the church was so, so huge that Paul looked at himself and said, man, I'm just the least of all of the saints. I am the, verse 8, I am less than the least of all saints is this grace given, this stewardship. Paul said to me, are you sure? You know why he said that? Because he recognized the, 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 the importance and the size of the church is a big thing. Some of you who have pastored in the past, and maybe some, maybe one watching that pastors now, I'm telling you, there's maybe some out there watching, I don't know. Maybe at some point in your ministry, you've sat in your office and you've said, Are you sure, Lord? You sure it's me? I know me, and you know me better than I know me, and I'm not really excited about me. And I, have, I know some others out there I think you could be more excited about. Why? It's a, it's a huge task. It's an important thing. Don't minimize the church of the Lord Jesus Christ. Let's not, let's not fall into that trap, all right? Amen. Father, thank you this morning for your word. Thank you for what you've revealed unto us. I'm thankful for so many in this room that have the same heart and the same belief who hold up the importance of your church. They love it. They're behind it. They're involved in it. They're faithful to it. They pray for it. I'm thankful for all of those. So thankful for that. And a day when so many are walking away, I'm thankful for those that are staying true. But Lord, I do know it's possible for us to shy away where we should be stepping forward. And maybe that could be said of somebody here today. Maybe there's some areas in our life where we have just kind of minimized your church where we shouldn't have. Maybe there's some areas we, we haven't even really realized we've done it in attendance or in giving or in prayer or in the way we approach the, the, the assembly and the casualness maybe. Father, if 
any of us in here need correction in any of those areas. We just ask your Holy Spirit of God to point that out. That we get those things right today. That we'd always have the heart and make sure in our actions that we always hold high the importance of your church. If there's somebody here not saved today, would you bring them today? We thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Why don't you stand with me, please? The instrument's going to play. However the Lord has spoken to you, you can deal with Him right where you are. Spend some time with the Lord. Maybe there's a little area while I was preaching, the Holy Spirit of God said, ah, da, da, da. Would, you, would, you, would you fix this right here? may not be anything horrible, anything gross, but it may be just a little something. A little area, maybe you've minimized the magnitude and the importance of the church of the Lord Jesus Christ. Heads are bowed and eyes are closed. Please don't look around. I want to ask a question. Is there anybody in here this morning that would say this? You say, you know what, I, I, I don't remember a day when I've ever been in Christ. I don't even know what that means. I don't know what it means to know for sure that I'm going to heaven. But I would like to know. I'd really like to know. But I don't know. But I'd like to know. Is anybody like that this morning? Maybe you could raise your hand and just say, you know, I don't know that if I died today, I would go to heaven. I don't know that. I would like to, but I don't. Anybody like that? Nobody's looking around. You can raise your hand. Put it back down. I'll pray for you. Anybody? Anybody else? Amen. Anybody else? Amen. Would you do this before you leave today? Whether it's this morning or tonight. Would you come to, come to me? We have people that are trained in the Bible. They can show you how you can know for certain. You know for certain that your sins are forgiven. And you'll be made right with God. You have a home in heaven. You can know that for sure. Don't put that off. Maybe you're watching online. Don't put that off today. Amen. What a joy it is to have the Baskins with us today. Brother Baskin, would you close us in a word of prayer this morning? Sure thing. Yes, sir. Father, we 